Hi, this is Russ Hackman. Coming up next, the U.S. retirement system was recently graded C plus and 22nd out of 47 countries. We'll tell you why and tell you how you can improve your own grade. Plus, fall market volatility continues and we're interested in insulating ourselves from the craziness. And now, the Wall Street Sweeper with Russ Hackman. Sweeping away the clutter of Wall Street from the offices around Boston in Hingham, Wakefield, Waltham, and downtown. This is the Wall Street Sweeper with Russ Hackman. Russ Hackman, 25 years as a financial advisor, early years on Wall Street trading desk. And as always, we'll get Russ's take on the markets for this week coming up in just a moment. And we've got a lot to get into today, including a report card for Americans on their retirement efforts. Russ is going to talk about that. But Russ, let's go ahead and open with what's going on in the market. And we will get to that. Actually, I wanted to share of kind of a fun story from okay. uh, from last weekend. Dave was out visiting my son, my older son at uh, UCLA. He's mm -hmm. out there oh. in Los Angeles, you know, and it's kind of, you know, for people who have been to Los Angeles, like, OK, it's, you know, la la land out there, <laughs> right. uh, literally. Uh, and uh, but, you know, out there visiting him and, and seeing the campus and, you know, it's 50 in the morning and it's 70 in the afternoon. And it's sunny and dry. It's like, oh, man, this is pretty good. I know. So, I know. That was fun. We went to see a game at the Rose Bowl. Oh, and nice. Went to see a football game at the new SoFi Stadium out there. Look at you. I'm a Chicago Bears fan, and they were playing the Chargers. I was watching it. And, well, the Chargers are bad, and the Bears are really bad. So <laughs> it was just not one of those pretty games. But they spent like $7 billion or something on this new stadium out there. So that's really something. It looked nice, I, and I did watch the game, yeah. Anyway, let's get back to, as you said, we're going to talk about grading the U.S. retirement system. We also have a subject that's also near and dear to my heart. Speaking of Chicago, we've got uh, one of these retirement road trip stories examining the opportunity to go to either New York or Chicago uh, and the East Coast for pizza. Right. And that can bring out some big emotions, right? People get kind of <laughs> yeah. territorial about their pizza. Absolutely. So. Well, I, I definitely can. I, I love my Chicago pizza. Well, yeah, that's your hometown. Yeah, exactly. I, I saw, uh, what's his name? Um, I put it together, so I'm really nervous about you being from Chicago <laughs> to make sure I got everything right. Well, oh, I saw John Stewart actually basically totally, there's a clip totally insulting Chicago pizza, basically calling it like a cheese casserole with like soup <laughs> tomato soup on top or something and i'd never do that <laughs> we got we got me upset but let's let's see how your segment okay. goes dave so but anyway let's you know let's kick off with talking about the markets um you know it continues to be not such a fun discussion right and uh you know, unfortunately, we remember we were back here in August, Dave, and we were going, hey, I wonder if it's going to be one of these, you know, unpleasant falls. And uh, so far, um, it does seem to be right. So, yeah. we you know, we really have had, um, if you now look at the markets and, and portfolios, it's like a lot of people are looking at 2023 being kind of another losing year for them. So, if you look at either you know, stocks or bonds, you've got, yeah, you got the S&P up 9%, but below that, you got the Dow is down. You've got equal-aided S&P that excludes the tech stocks down. So unless you're, you know, lucky enough to own like only the top seven tech stocks and that's all you got, which by the way, was a very unpleasant place to be last year, then you know, you're not doing so hot. And we got 
bond funds down again. And if we look over, you know, the period from the uh, end of the of the bull market, let's call it, that was the end of 2021. You know, we're now looking at most indices being, you know, down 10%. Uh, and so it's like, well, we're getting into like, maybe, maybe we'll close out. I don't know. We're going to talk about closing out the year, but, you know, we're going to be closing out, looks like down uh, over this two year period, just down. And, and whereas in the middle of summer, we're like, hey, hopefully we're coming back. It's like, eh, we're, you know, we're down unless we get that, you know, Santa Claus rally. It's just not that much fun. And if you're in a reminder, if you're in one of those stock and bond funds portfolios that uh, most of the big box firms use, then, you know, not only are your stocks down, but your bonds, which probably lost 15 to 20 percent last year, are down another few percent. And again, looking at that, one of those biggest bond funds out there, it's down 40 percent. That's the TLT that's in a lot of portfolios mm. that are out there. So. Um, anyway, you know, the time is, um, you know, continues to be right for everyone to, you know, make sure your portfolio is refreshed, make sure your plan is refreshed, make sure your plan addresses the big six retirement risks. You know, those major risks are where's my income coming from for the rest of my life? How do I protect myself against the best category five storm? the next category five storm. What am I doing on the tax side? What about, what am I doing to plan for inflation and a long retirement? Lots of wood to chop for everyone, especially given how these markets have been performing. Let's provide an opportunity day for the next five callers to call, come in and get that second opinion and complimentary consultation with us. Which office most convenient to you? Downtown Wakefield, Hingham, Waltham, 617-674-2000. 617-674-2000. Again, 617-674-2000. Coming up, Hackman Wealth Vice President Jack Young. the clutter of Wall Street and helping you get a clear picture of your financial life. In fact, to demonstrate that in a case study, Jack Young is vice president and partner at Hackman Wealth. And Jack Young joins us now in the studio. Jack, great to be with you again. I love you share some really good stories with us. They, they get us all thinking and we can relate to many aspects of the stories. You actually have one, Jack, though, about someone that you said this person admitted to being a bit unorganized but the 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 challenge they brought to you is not so much being unorganized but maybe just um having had a diverse career because in other words you said they came to you with a plethora (laughs) of retirement vehicles which i know can seem overwhelming yes dave great to be with you as well uh yeah so this uh actually an individual had come to us last week and they had worked in several different positions they had worked in municipal positions uh for not nonprofits and also in the private sector. So interestingly enough, hmm. uh, and, and, and admittedly so, he said, listen, I I have IRAs, 401ks, a 43B, 457s, you name it, I, oh, I probably wow. have it with, with different allocations in them. Not a bad position just, to be in, really, is no, it? No, not a bad position to be in, but, you know, also 
you know, at the time of each of these started, he had different time horizons, different investment objectives, you know, it kind of lost touch with some of them as he's been separated from service from different companies or organizations or governments. You know, he even admittedly said, you know, I'm, I feel very unorganized. And I think the, that started the, the premise of our conversation was, well, okay, let's at least, let's just look at from an organization standpoint, let's look at what value add we could have for you. Right. Mm -hmm. And being fully transparent, he did have a number of accounts and we did not take over all of them. We, we actually worked on just probably only half, to be quite honest. And it's important to note that because for, for all listeners out there, there are people that, that do feel that, you know, maybe they're a little hesitant to call because they do have accounts all over and or they, they may have accounts that they've lost track of. And, and uh, you know, it is difficult to go through that. But, you know, we're here to help help with that and and what we were able to do is aggregate some of his accounts into an IRA that aligned all of these funds uh, and more in line with his risk profile, <laughs> organized the beneficiaries. Because, I mean, heck, he had different relationship statuses throughout. You know, I mean, he had gotten married and, you know, d built a family throughout his career. Yeah. Right? So, um, you know, organized who the beneficiary of all these funds were going to be um, and got and got, you know, a sense of organization, especially for some of his qualified funds and put him in, you know, a much better position for long term for his long term goals and objectives. You know, what vision I have when you're talking about this is that he came in and he had a, a, a thousand piece puzzle, the box, and he took the top off the box and just dumped it on the floor. <laughs> right. And yeah, and, and we enjoy we enjoy doing those puzzles. Yeah. We enjoy that here. Yeah. Well, and, and you're trying to maximize the situation because, as we said, I mean, he really wasn't in a bad situation. Obviously, he had been saving, but it just wasn't being put to, to proper use. Maybe, he, and, and as you alluded to this, missing some opportunities there by not having it organized. True. And actually, a couple things right off the bat I saw is that he was um, being charged at these like lower tier. Now, not every not every account is structured this way, mm -hmm. but in some of the providers, he was being charged more than he should have because he was, you know, he had, you know, a portion of his assets in this account and a portion in this account. And, you know, he was being charged higher fees for having lower account value. So, you know, getting out of some of those and aggregating them certainly saved him some, some money there right off the bat, which, you know, is probably what got things going. And then, you know... And I think actually, to be quite honest, if you if you look at and talk to folks and, you know, there is trends of people and I think they call it job hopping more nowadays. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, and that is becoming more popular. So this is a it's not an uncommon instance that, that we see people with different even types of qualified plans. Right. Like this gentleman. So, um, you know, it's something that that we've been. Um, helping folks with and just kind of wanted to to share. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, more so now than ever, um, people have multiple jobs in their career. It's it's a common thing. And and I think you, you touched on this a little bit. Some people may even forget about something that they had at a past job. Uh, can you help find those? I know I've heard it called Orphan 401ks. Right. Yes. And I know for the listeners out there, somebody could say, how could they forget about their own money? Right. But right. maybe forgets a little bit of a, a strong term. But yeah, definitely can lose track of lose track of the allocations, lose track of, you know, who the provider actually was, how to contact them. Yeah. So we, we definitely can, you know, we'll definitely get into the details with them. We, we, we sit down and especially in this case, we had to sit down and call the previous plan providers with the client 
so that it, and it made the made moving the assets a a fairly seamless um, activity. Now there is some there is nuances to it, and you, you want to find efficient ways to do that. So you know we we sit down with clients and and call them together, and and we know what a lot of these plan providers and the information that they're looking for mm-hmm. uh, during rollover situations. So yeah, most definitely, uh, you know that's a good point, Dave. And yeah, we 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 most certainly can help with that as well. Yeah, I mean, it's not and, and not even the the fact that people have multiple jobs, but um, the a job they may have had in the '90s with Acme Corporation may be the you know a whole different company now. Of course, I made up Acme, right. but you know right. there are so many mergers and sales and all. It makes it difficult and challenging. Without question, and I mean, I think it's even ex- exactly to that point. And you know, companies are being bought. Their M and A activity has you know, picked up over the last couple of years. And that is affecting a lot of people, even inside of, of corporate America. And, you know, you know, some of these folks are giving us calls and, and it's becoming, um, it, it is becoming more of, of what we do at just overall organization and aggregation of accounts. And to, to this end, and again, admittedly, so this, this, this gentleman, but he, you know, we really had to look at his overall taxes, overall budget, his overall, spending, you know, his fixed income flows, you know, cause he, um, you know, really needed that attention to detail. Yeah, so, yeah. and when we build all of that into our financial models, we build in all of the accounts we're not managing for him, the, the one that's at his current provider that, you know, was, we, we analyzed and was best sought to hold due to some contribution, uh, features, um, you know, we, we make sure to plug all of that into our models and planning software. And that goes along with being fiduciaries and giving holistic financial planning advice, yeah. even if we're not managing an account, of course, we'll, we'll do some, you know, analysis for you and build it into to, to your long term plan. So. Well, you know, we say uh, getting a clear picture of your financial life, but a clear and more efficient possible possibly picture of your financial life. It can start with that consultation, which you can schedule with Jack and the team, Russ and Claire and the team right now. Yeah. So we encourage anyone for that has saved more than 500,000 to give us a call. Uh, no matter your situation or, or, or how unorganized or organized you feel, it's great to get a second opinion. Uh, let us do some analysis for you and, uh, and, and give us a call. And that's to 617-674-2000, 617-674-2000. To the next five at no cost, no obligation. Coming up, Russ is back in the studio. you get a clear picture in your financial life and especially if you're near retirement and actually on the show today not only get a clear picture but maybe a better grade a better score in your retirement journey this is the wall street sweeper with russ hackman who is president of hackman wealth partners russ uh, we're going to talk about um, the grade given to america from the 2023 mercer cfa institute's global pension index recently rated retirement income systems across the world using weighted average of the adequacy, sustainability, and integrity of the systems. Well, the U.S. earned a C-plus, Russ. And you know one thing that I was interested in getting you to weigh in on, because they did mention it was weighted, but uh, it seems like in many ways an apples and oranges comparison. The U.S. scored 22 out of 47 countries. You know what was number one, two, and three? The Netherlands. 
Iceland and Denmark. So, I wow. mean, it's a different retirement setup in those countries, right? I mean, I guess, I mean, I can't say I know the, the exact systems in, in those countries, yeah. but I'm guessing, I mean, those are the countries that are known for, you know, being, uh, you know, smaller. It's kind of a state pension system yeah, in I the think, Netherlands. Like, I think pretty significant paid state pension systems that probably both, co- you know, companies, individuals, and the government funds. I don't think they have a lot of sort of low-income people that they have to wrestle with, right? These are uh, in some yeah. of these countries. That too, so yeah. I think that, you know, they got pretty high standards of living, so I think that allows them to have those good grades. I mean, if you look at sort of what's the issue in the U.S. retirement system and what can you do about it, that's really kind of what we're interested in. Exactly. Now. You know, the, the, you know, the things that are cited in the Mercer study and given the U.S. a C plus, which, you know, is maybe better than it deserves to get. Really, it, it pro- because I was going to say also, that doesn't mean that we have an A here <laughs> just because of that. No, I don't even know if we got a C plus. But, <laughs> you know, I think what it what it's what it's talking about is, hey, so first of all, Social Security is a pretty hard thing to live on. In yeah. most areas, unless you live somewhere incredibly low cost, which is n- nobody who's listened to this station, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? No, and like no, like you can't live on Social Security. Social Security itself looks like it's you know allegedly going bankrupt. Although I tell people not to worry about that too much because the government will figure out some way to fund that if mm-hmm. they can fund you know everything else trillions fund, yeah. funding without further political commentary at the moment <laughs> right. <laughs> right exactly and you know the fact that you know companies have really kind of abdicated responsibility for making sure that they're long-time employees like if you i mean i get it if someone works somewhere for five years but like even if you work somewhere for 30 years you know it's entirely up to you to save and invest right and you know what does that mean and what are the problems out there well yeah if you don't contribute enough to your 401k or you can't afford to because of other costs and college and you know, yada, yada, yada. You got that. I mean, I even look inside of some of the 401ks, of course, and like a lot of the plan choices are terrible. Being in target date funds, those funds aren't great. They just have a bunch of bonds in them. And so a lot of the system, I think, is geared up to just put people more into bonds over time, which is not great if we're now in sort of a new inflationary world. You know, you got a lot of things that uh, you you can say are problematic for people you know i think on on the bright side if you probably compared yourself to some of these other countries our taxes are believe it or not lower Mm -hmm. in theory that does allow you to save more right in theory and and right and if you know what you're doing which of course nobody ever teaches you here that ought to be some of the problem Mm -hmm. uh, as well If you know what you're doing, you have the right guidance, you know how to invest the right way over time in your 401ks. And then as you get closer to retirement, it definitely makes sense to work with some kind of professional who's geared towards helping people make their money last in retirement, help their 
you know, make sure that you'll have income when you're 95, help make sure that you don't get hit in the next cat five storm and all of that. So you're kind of out there on your own on that. We're here helping people week in and week out. And we just have done some work with so many people so far this year and obviously can't wait to continue to, through the end of this year and, and, and well into the future. Let's provide an opportunity, Dave, to the next five callers to call in for a complimentary second opinion and consultation. 617-674-2000, 617-674-2000 to schedule. Coming up, more on improving our retirement prep grades. We're still on that retirement report card and sweeping away the clutter of Wall Street. Russ Hackman, president of Hackman Wealth Partners. This is the Wall Street Sweeper. I'm consumer advocate Dave Perkins. So uh, we learned in the last segment about that Mercer study and are Americans getting a C plus in their retirement efforts. So how do we improve that? How do we get to an A plus? That's what Russ is going to cover here. And in many ways, too, let's start with... um, well, I I would say budgeting wisely, or maybe for some having a budget. Well, that's right. Yeah, I mean it. It uh, you know going into retirement, no matter who you are, a key part of it is just yeah knowing how much you're going to spend, which usually is something more than what you've spent uh, pre-retirement. And then once you're in retirement, you can have a good idea of sort of what's going out the door, and whether you have limited means or lots of means. It, you you need a plan for you know what are we going to be spending how do we consistently spend through the ups and downs of the market because we don't want a a life that says like the market was down last year we can't go on vacation right we right. don't like that no. at all and so uh, you know that budgeting work is important you know and that, overall Dave as I think about like okay how do we well, the U.S. system may may be a C, and that's where I start out, I guess, unless I, you know, do better for myself. Well, you know, number one, obviously, is make as much money as you can. Oh, yeah. But, thanks, Russ. That's really helpful. <laughs> right? right. <laughs> exactly. But then, uh, you know, as you're getting closer to retirement or you're in retirement, it's okay. We have the money that we have, right? And you get into then kind of managing for the what we call the big six retirement risks, which is, you know, the big six retirement risks. And I think these can, you know, fit into how do you improve your grade? If you can get a good grade, if you have a plan for each of these risks and the risks are number one, basically outliving your money or in other words, my plan has got to say, where's my money coming from when I'm 95 or 100 years old, no matter what? And even if I have lots of money, I want to know which accounts I'm drawing from and why that makes sense, right? Depending on my legacy planning, my tax situation, my family, so on and so forth, right? Mm-hmm. So number one risk, okay, you know, basically cash flow risk in retirement. Number two market risk. The market's going to blow up every five to 20 years, cat five storm down 50%. Look at history. That's the way it goes. How do I not get hammered when that happens, right? Mm -hmm. We don't want no stocks, but we don't want 70% in stocks. That's no place for anyone to be or even 60%, frankly. Uh, There's too many great opportunities for safe money. You know, if I can if I can make five and a half percent in T-bills or CDs, like why are we taking, why do we have more than half of our money in either bonds or stocks, right? right? Just too much risk. Um, 
you know, other other risks, taxes, right? If you, especially if you have a million plus in tax deferred assets, then that means that Uncle Sam's coming for his slice of that pizza. Hmm. We're talking about today. Well, yeah, yeah. he's coming for a good slice of your pizza. Too and, big of a slice. And how do we get his slice as as small as possible? That's important. That takes planning. Uh, inflation, and that's a big one because right now the government seems to be trying to inflate its way out of its debt, even if it says it's not. <laughs> right. Right. Well, it sure cost and it or contributed, didn't it? Big one is just fee. Well, sure, yeah. And fees and underperformance. I know everyone's like, yeah, Russ, you're always talking about fees and underperformance. And I'm telling you, I see it in every portfolio we come in. And I love to see it because it's it's the hidden fees. It's the hidden underperformance that show us, hey, on a million-dollar portfolio, you can save it 10 grand a year. On a two-million portfolio, you can save 20 grand a year. Yeah, it's like Three a raise million, you can give them. Yeah, it and it adds up like nothing else. So I love to find those areas of possible improvement and then ways to take care of long-term care. So those are some of the most important things to get figured out as you're working on uh, beefing up your retirement grade. If you'd like to see us and talk to us, you feel like maybe you got to see right now in terms of do you ha have you addressed all these big six risks and you want to see if you can you know be turning in an A, have an A paper for your retirement plan, then do come in and see us for a complimentary second opinion. No cost, no obligation. Next five, 617-674-2000. 617-674-2000. Coming up, we're getting into tax planning time. How do you incorporate tax planning into your financial life? away the clutter of your financial life, the clutter of Wall Street. It's the Wall Street Sweeper with Russ Hackman, president of Hackman Wealth Partners, and our weekly conversation with Russ, with Jack Young, with Clear Hair, and uh, representing the team at Hackman Wealth Partners and what they do, and that is retirement planning. And of course, there to answer your questions. I know Russ likes to devote a segment of this show most weeks to answering questions that have come in from listeners. You can submit yours if you go to the website hackmanwealth.com, hackmanwealth.com. Click the radio tab. Susan says, I've been panicking about the forecasted recession. Will I even push my retirement date because of the uncertainty in the air? Is there anything that I can do to maximize the window of five to six years standing between me and my retirement or any insight that you have that might ease my mind? Well, look, I mean, I think that it, it's hard to talk about sort of recessions and market cycles and, and sort of what might happen over the next five to six years. I mean, uh, there's a lot of folks that think that, that hey, there are a lot of economists that say, hey, there was kind of a recession a couple quarters ago, mm -hmm. or at least an earnings recession. And the latest GDP numbers indicate that we're not having, at least right now, not much of a recession at all. Now, who knows what, you know, what may change about that. And there sure is a lot of stuff circulating out there, you know, war and. Uh, it's a lot of brewing, no doubt. Yeah, I was going to say war and peace, and not, it's not peace much. Not right? a lot of peace. I mean, no, it's it's just kind of a mess out there. But, uh, you know, I think if you are five or six years out from, retire, from retirement, 
uh, that, you know, that is, we, you know, we, we say it's a little like football. You're in the red zone. You're in the last 10 yards, the last 10 years. And during that time, it's about getting to retirement with a good number, obviously save, but more importantly, you know, while you're in the red zone and we were talking about the bears earlier there was some ridiculous like <laughs> slip and dropped past the other uh, night Did you it, see that, it was messy yeah. it was messy yeah exactly so you don't want to be like the guy like he's wide open and he falls in the end zone and drops the ball right in and, fact all football sunday was boring <laughs> last sunday yeah so we don't want that to happen and so you know how do you drop the ball in the in the retirement red zone you know, close to or in retirement. Well, mostly when I see people drop the ball, it's because they had too much risk and they got nailed by the market. Number two is they had too much in bond market risk and got hit because their advisor had them in bond funds, which are continuing to lose money this year. You know, so it's about asset allocation. So, you know, for Susan, we like to see folks in that retirement red zone with less than 50% of their money in stocks. I'd say zero in bonds. And you can have CDs, you can have some stocks, you can have some principal protected growth investments or things that will generate income for you in retirement. Those are the things to get into your portfolio so that and get into your plan so that you can, no matter sort of which way the winds blow, if you get one of these Category 5 storms here in the next five years, that that doesn't knock you out from, from actually retiring. HackmanWealth.com. Click the radio tab to submit your question to be answered on this show. Here's Larry. I'm 65 at the earnings peak and not planning to retire anytime soon. Now, is it a bad idea to use my Roth IRA for a $42,000 home maintenance and building project? I'm building a nursery for my grandchild. Thanks for your help. Love what you guys do to help people on the show every week. That's going to be one heck of a nursery. <laughs> yeah, and this kid's going to have... Um... I don't know. Uh, yeah. Maybe built, putting a bar in there for when he's a little older. I don't, I don't uh, know. He, he might be thinking about his man cave later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, I we we it can be tempting to raid Roth because it's like, oh, you know, there's no taxation when I take money out of Roth. On the other hand, you really have to do the math and say, well, if I like to see, you know, my, I like to have people's Roths invested in growth assets so if I have money that's in the stock market that over the long term should grow 10% a year and you know I take 42 grand out of it for the nursery a noble cause but that 42 grand could be worth 300 grand 20 years from now right tax free mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. you know I kind of worry about that and 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 you know getting money into Roths is can be kind of tough we're going to talk more about that uh but you know, there's different ways to finagle your way in there. But once it's in there, I, my general view, especially if you have kids that you can pass it to, is leave it alone forever. Right. Get the money somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Larry, uh, of course, you can come in and talk with Russ and Claire, Jack and the team more about this or your retirement overall. Here's Brett. Should I purchase an indexed universal life insurance plan so that I can take loans out later later when I retire that are tax exempt? Or should I save money for retirement in a Roth IRA? The question is, does the life insurance have higher fees in comparison to paying tax on the Roth IRA? Well, that's, that's, there's a lot sort of in that question. You know, the first question is, you know, is 
permanent life insurance a good investment? And, you know, Brett here is asking about uh, index universal life. They call that IUL. There's UL, universal life. There's whole life. All of these things are kinds of policies that, unlike a term life, which you buy cheap and, you know, when you're relatively young and the idea is if you pass away when your kids are little, then, you know, that that covers the loss of the wage earner. These, these so-called uh, universal or whole life plans are designed, you put premium in them, they are designed to pay out at some point, eventually, when you do pass away. And there is a sort of a, um, you know, a bunch of financial advisors out there who, who, who advocate for putting money into whole life uh, or universal life. And my own personal opinion is it for some people, and by some people, I usually mean people who are in their 50s are younger and healthy. They can put money into whole life policies or different kinds of permanent life policies and get some decent tax-free returns in those policies, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so if you got it, if you have decent cash flow, you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, it is not a bad idea to, to uh, check it out, the possibilities of permanent life insurance. Um, if you're not, I wouldn't look at it. And um, and I wouldn't sort of do one or the other versus Roth. I, you know, I think Roths are great. So, um, you know, I, I like that long-term life insurance for people with sort of excess cash flow, if you want to call it that, which can lead to tax-free future returns. We are getting to um, the end of this segment, Dave. Uh, you know, we do look over life policies. Most people come in having existing life policies and don't necessarily know what to do with them. That's part of coming in for a second opinion is here's what I got. And we'll give you an opinion on everything you do have, what's good, what you should change, etc. Let's offer that opportunity, Dave, to the next five callers that have saved $500,000 or more for retirement. 617-674-2000 to schedule 617-674-2000. Next five, no cost, no obligation. More to come on the Wall Street Sweeper coming up with getting into tax planning time. How do you incorporate tax planning into your financial life? Helping you get a clear picture of your financial life, and especially if you're near retirement, because that is, that's what they do at Hackman Wealth Partners. This is the Wall Street Sweeper. Russ Hackman is president of the firm, Hackman Wealth Partners. And I know, Russ, you're going to get into and, and detail some of the tax planning that you're doing for clients at this time of the year. Before we do that, though, let's take another retirement road trip. This time, we're going out for pizza. It's your go-go years, so let's get going with another retirement road trip. We're going to burn a lot of frequent flyer miles today because we're going back and forth from New York to Chicago. And what's on the menu? Pizza. Who has the best? Well, now there's a dangerous question. I'd never ask a native of each of those cities, at least not in person. Anyway, it's an apples and oranges comparison. They're so different. One is folded and eat it on the run. The other's a sit-down meal, probably best with a fork and a knife. New York pizza is known for thin, crispy crust topped with a thin layer of tomato sauce, cheese, and assorted 
toppings. Chicago Deep Dish features a thick crust with an inch deep smoldering of tomato sauce, cheese, and toppings. So whose is the best? New York? Hey, forget about it. Or Chicago? Hey, forget about it. Hey, New York, <laughs> it's Chicago's turn. But we're not going to fight it out anyway. They're both great in their own way. But here are some must visits. Just a couple. They're big cities. Can't get them all. In New York, Lombardi's. Going back more than a century, it's recognized as the first pizzeria in the United States. It started as a grocery store in 1887. In 1905, the pizzeria was born. Have cash, though, no slice only. In Chicago, you have to try Lumanati's, that famous buttery crust, delicious deep dish cooked on well-seasoned pans. In New York, visit a Greenwich Village institution, Joe's Pizza. I mean, the founders from Naples, pretty authentic. That's where you get the classic New York slice, fold it and off you go. Back to Chicago, non-touristy. Pequod's in Lincoln Park, custom made to your liking from scratch. And the pans are really old, which really accentuates the flavor. Just a couple there, and of course there's variety in both cities, but those are the signatures for each. You know, your retirement plan is a lot like your very own pizza, custom made to your order and just right, so you can sample the pizza in both cities on your retirement road trip. Okay, I'm a little nervous, you being a native, uh, what do you say, Chicagoan, uh, being yes. from Chicago, that uh, my pronunciations of a couple of those places, but I did work hard and you know to try to get it right. Yeah, no, I think it was good. Oh, uh, Lou okay. Malnati's is a, uh, is a good one there. Yeah. And, you know, it's like most things. You, What do you like? Well, it's what you grew up eating. Well, that's true. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing, and I, I, we're not on in the air in New York, so I think I'm safe to say this. I do not fold my slice. I, can't, I don't like it that way. Yeah, when I saw the first people folding their slices, I did think that there was something... <laughs> sort of unholy about that I, I, <laughs> to I, me it is yeah <laughs> anyway and i do love you know good chicago deep dish i love it i do understand people who you know are like hey i you know i like my thin crust so but i do like this segment that we do on the show about the point of it is um a to have a little fun but, but b to talk about some you know some some retirement destinations. I actually once saw Dave a there was a group of retirees who came over from the UK. I think mm -hmm. they must have had some time on their hands and wanted to do their own road trip. And they just they went throughout northern New York uh, and I think southern Canada on just a chicken wing tour. Oh my gosh! I think they had chicken wings for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, which I I, I love them, was, but I get sick of them after. I that. think made them a little ill but <laughs> i mean i think they were on some sort of you know anyway but oh, maybe for one of your next uh, retirement road shows if you got a week to kill and you're not worried about gastric distress <laughs> we could do can, that's actually not a bad a idea <laughs> i did one on craft beer we haven't played yet but um I don't think, but yeah, I, I'll look into that for sure. Now, <laughs> taxes. Ooh, tax planning time. Yeah, that's kind of like the pizza you don't want. It's like exactly. Brought like a pineapple pizza. It's like, <laughs> let's talk about taxes. Ugh. Well, the point around the anchovies you know, of the financial world. We use world. this segment sometimes for case studies, and the reason I'm bringing up tax planning now mm -hmm. is, you know, when people work with us, we do. Uh, quarterly, every six months, whatever works for people, reviews of their portfolio, like where do they stand? What are things to work on? What are we What are we happy with? What are, what are we disappointed with? Like what needs improvement? So on and so forth. And one of the other things we do, though, is uh, tax planning. And by tax planning, 
I mostly mean, are there ways to reduce taxes on tax-deferred money? IRAs and 401ks, think of those things like, hey, the government is my partner in those things, and through required minimum distributions, they're going to grab their share, right? Mm -hmm. And the one thing you do have some control over is when do you take money out of your IRAs and 401ks? Yes, there's required minimum distributions, but especially if you haven't gotten to age 73 yet, which is currently when required minimum distributions start, then you can maybe actually able to play some offense. And the way that you do that is trying to take some money out of your IRAs when you're at a low tax rate. That means after you retire, maybe before you start Social Security, certainly before you start RMDs. Sometimes I meet people who have some very low earnings years, right? Even if they made a lot when they work. And so if you're in like the 12 or the 22% tax brackets, uh, which go up to some reasonably high numbers for married people, then you have the potential to, if you have room in those tax brackets. So like for, let me, let me give an example, like the 22% tax bracket goes up to 190,000, 24% tax bracket goes up to 360,000. Mm -hmm. So if I want to take some extra money out of my IRA, even in a year where I don't need it, but my income is otherwise low, then I can pay my tax at a low rate. I can do what's called a conversion. That means take that money out, pay tax on it, yes, federal and state, but at a, a low rate now, get it into a Roth where it can grow tax-free forever. And if I pass it to my kids, it can grow tax-free for 10 years in their hands, right? And when you do the math, you know, I, I read things. You read things about Roth conversions. Are they good or not? And when people come into me, they're like, "Russ, I read an article, and you're like, I can't figure it out." It's like, well, the real way to figure out it, if Roth conversions make sense is to actually look at a multi-year plan, kind of with and without Roth conversions. So, in other words, if I kind of use all my tax capacity and 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 sort of play offense a little bit and versus I just sort of let required minimum distributions happen to me. How can I change how much in total taxes I pay? Can I change uh, the after-tax value of my portfolio? The answer generally is yes. That's part of the tax planning, tax liability estimate uh, and tax plan that we provide for folks who come in for a complimentary second opinion and consultation. And it is a good time to offer another chance to the next five callers that have saved $500,000 or more for retirement. Next five, no cost, no obligation to schedule 617-674-2000, 617-674-2000. But we're in November. When is the market volatility going to stop? That's next. Sweeping away the clutter of Wall Street, sweeping away any financial clutter in your life, and that could be in the form of fees, etc. This is the Wall Street Sweeper with Russ Hackman. Russ is president of Hackman Wealth Partners and offices around Boston, Wakefield, downtown Hingham, and in Waltham. All right, Russ, here's the big question, because the time flies. It'll be here before you know it, the holidays. Are the mm -hmm. holidays supposed to be any less volatile? 
Well, they do tend to be. Once you get through October, especially once you get into December, usually a little less crazy. Sometimes you have what they call the Santa Claus rally. Right. And then sometimes you do have at the very end of the year or the very beginning of the following year, sort of a what they call the January effect, which sometimes is in the end of December, you get some of the assets. It could be bond funds this year. Who knows? Certain stocks that are beat up, they sometimes get beat up further at the very end of the year when people are trying to lock in tax losses. And then sometimes that reverses very quickly in the beginning of January. So there are these sort of seasonal things like like September, October volatility, which we've had. November, who knows? Speaking more broadly about kind of the end of this year and going into next year, I think that you know, there just remains a ton of economic uncertainty out there. Uh, and I think that means that until it is very clear that inflation has a very good shot of getting down to 2%, which is the Fed's target, we've had some quote unquote good numbers lately, but they're still like three and a half, four percent 4% inflation. That is a far way from the Fed target. And one of the things that I've been sort of pounding the table on is people don't realize, I don't think, how aggressive or how essential it is for this Fed to bring inflation back to 2% over the next two to three years. And the reason is simple. The reason is the people at the Fed cannot be the ones who let the inflation you know, cat out of the bag mm -hmm. for the first time since the early 80s, they cannot be the one who sort of let it stay out of the bag, so to speak. Right. right. But um, I think that means that, you know, this uncertainty around the future of interest rates is going to continue to drive volatility. It looks like this volatility may be spilling over into the real estate market as well, which is a little bit concerning, Right. Uh, hmm. and, um, you know, so I, I certainly expect that it's going to be interesting here going well into 2024 until such times it becomes clear that inflation is really under control and we're not there wrapping up the show. Thanks to everyone for listening again, Dave, let's offer the audience one last chance next five callers that have saved $500,000 or more for, for retirement to come in for a second opinion. And a comprehensive review it is. The next five, no cost, no obligation. 617-674-2000. 617-674-2000. Again, 617-674-2000. Have a great week ahead and thanks so much for joining us on The Wall Street Sweeper. Russ Hackman, Claire Hare, and Jack Young are investment advisor representatives of Retirement Wealth Advisors Incorporated, an SEC registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Wealth Advisors, LLC, BWA, a registered investment advisor and an affiliate of Brookstone Capital Management, LLC. BWA and Hackman Wealth are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BWA, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by Russell Hackman, Claire Hare, Jack Young, and their guests on this radio show are their own and do not reflect the opinions of this radio station. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed.
studied. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject covered. Any comments regarding safe and secure products and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by BWA. Indexed or fixed annuities are not designed for short-term investments and may be subject to caps, restrictions, fees, or surrender charges as described in the annuity contract. Guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuer. Agents receive payment in the form of commission and or other compensation, such as a percentage of the organization's profits from selling an annuity from the insurance company. Registered investment advisors and investment advisor representatives act as fiduciaries for all of our investment management clients. We have an obligation to act in the best interests of our clients and to make full disclosure of any conflicts of interest, if any exist. Please refer to our firm brochure, the ADV2A Item 4, for additional information.